Hello there, welcome to another episode of Sport Plus Life. I've got a really interesting one now. It's a Cheltenham's Towns commercial manager, but otherwise known as former midfielder John Finnegan or, or Finners. I think everyone knows who's Finners, do they? They do, yeah. I think so, yeah. I think there's only <laughs> my mum that calls me John anymore. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, mate? You well? I'm good, yeah, thanks. Yeah, very well. It's really interesting to speak to you because the last person we spoke to, and obviously I, li- I live in Cheltenham, so it's good to get local sports people on, was Gareth Evans, who's a, a Gloucester rugby player. He's 27 he's, and he's already thinking because his body's been through the, the wars a little bit like all rugby players and he was saying the average length of a career in rugby is going down this thing about the next step into what you do afterwards and you sort of been through that process how are you how have you in you know found that transition from from being a player to and are you still obviously entrenched in football with Cheltenham Town where was it 220 league appearances I think you made for the, the Cheltenham club yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so you're yeah. there for a good spell but you, so it's familiar for you in that sense but a new chapter how's that how's that whole, whole thing been I think for me it's the transition was quite quite smooth compared to some um you know I, I sort of I have a lot of contacts in the local area from being a player and getting out and doing sort of presentations or helping people out. And I think when I was sort of coming towards the end of my career here or my career in football, a lot of people in the area were, were you know... Reaching out. Yeah, really, re- you know, really happy to help me because, you know, myself and a couple of the other lads that had lived locally throughout our Cheltenham careers had, had got out in the community and, and did our bit, really. And I think people sort of give, give, you, give, you, give you back, really, almost... Um, for doing that and uh, people have been good to me in Cheltenham and, and Gloucestershire and uh, I've sort of really appreciated their support and luckily every job that I've had since quitting football or reti- retiring has yeah. been sort of involved with, with football still so it's it's been my life really you know right from a little kid you know even now as a commercial manager even though I'm sort of a salesman almost um, it's still like you say entrenched in football which is great yeah, have, you fa- have you found sort of transferable skills that you, you developed in football because obviously you know you, you, you started at Nottingham Forest moved to Lincoln I suppose you have to be social going to new clubs and in a way you sell yourself as a, a player don't you to, to a certain extent you do yeah and I, I think it's, it's in sales and people always say people buy from people and if if you can get your personality and your passion across for what you're doing, I think that's that's the most important thing, especially in football. Yeah. Um, and I've got a passion for football, passion for Cheltenham Town. Um, you know, I grew up as a, a Leeds boy, but obviously played for Forest, uh, Lincoln City, Cheltenham and Kidderminster. And I always look out for their results, you know, <laughs> first, you know, before anybody's. Um, but it's just football and, um, and Cheltenham Town are my team, regardless of Leeds, Nottingham Forest, anybody else. I spent more time at Cheltenham and had more success there yeah. than anywhere else. And I'm, I'm really passionate about the club and, and want it to do well. And I think hopefully that comes across when I'm out trying to sell the club. I suppose as well, you said that affection that local people have for you. You were around at a time, not necessarily when they broke straight into the league, but you came along at a time when you said there was a real kind of wave of euphoria around the club coming into the football league. And you said before that, you know, conference level, they weren't there for long as they came up. So mm. almost there was a kind of was there a novelty sort of buzz around the club when you were, when you were there. I think there really was, you know, crowds were big. Like you say, it was the, the novelty, you know, for the first few years of the Football League, playing against like the Rochdales and yeah. Because you're almost literally know, in the shadow of the race course, aren't you? Not you far are, from there I mean, stuff. you it's are. People, people talk about that a lot. And it's, you know, Gloucestershire as a county is, you know, predominantly rugby orientated. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, the, the novelty of playing teams like Rochdale and Mansfield and Lincoln and was amazing for, for the people of Cheltenham initially. Now that's worn off a little bit. We've got to try and find a way of getting getting more getting a lot of those people that used to come back and also getting some new blood in as well because we've got a lot of older supporters. 
Yeah, how do you test that? Because that is commercial manager. That's is it sales? Obviously, you call it, but is it more marketing? It's just making people aware of the club, making them feel connected to it, and giving Cheltenham. Because I suppose people in Cheltenham are used to maybe travelling up to to watch football, even in Birmingham or down to Bristol. It's kind of a, a town where they're not always centred here, but to give them a a kind of real community football club and just to, just something to to connect to. Absolutely, the, the marketing side of it's quite big, and that's something that we really need to look at and and. Be, you know get better and be and be stronger at um you know there's there's another football league club in Gloucestershire now Forest Green Rovers down the road who are yeah. doing really well um, you're not gonna go vegan are you <laughs> I'm <laughs> afraid no I, 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 I'd, I'd waste away if I did because yeah. yeah I don't eat much maybe but, maybe children should be meat only <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you can get hot dogs and pies and meat yeah. and anything you want at our place but um yeah you, you've got you know Bristol City flying high down at you know it's only yeah. sort of 45 minutes, an hour down the road. You've got West Brom flying high. Yeah. Just an hour up the road. You've got Wolverhampton Wanderers, Villa. Um, Treaded Swindon Town, but they're not yeah, really... You, you, yeah. yeah, I mean, I almost forgot about Swindon there. But again, another sort of bit of a sleeping giant, really, in League Two. You know, the size of the ground yeah. and everything. Well, when we were younger, Premier League club, weren't they? So Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, you know, it's easy to forget them sometimes. And Bristol Rovers. Yes. Who, you know, had good times and bad yeah. times. I think Bristol City wish they yeah. weren't there, but they're still, yeah. still hanging on, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. so um, there's... It's really important that you know we we try and give um, a good product to the people of Cheltenham and, and make them want want to come and watch us and, and give them good value when they do come. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? So I mean, it's been a topsy turvy time for for Cheltenham of late. But you were part of that team that went up to League One. What was that like? Did, was that was that a noticeable kind of ramp up in terms of atmosphere and kudos for the for the club? I think so. I think that the first time we went up was was huge, and it was when the club was on the crest of that wave. I think, you know. A lot of it down to to the board at the time and down to Steve Cottrell, the manager, who did an unbelievable job. Probably yeah. no one's ever going to probably achieve what he achieved, um, unless there's some really interesting character, isn't he, Steve? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I Steve signed me straight and, shooter. Uh, yeah, and he signed me in in the March, um, which was the old deadline, I think, before the January one came in. Yeah, and uh, I played 15 games to the end of that season to join in the. What year was this? Then, the, uh, 2002. Yeah, so that was me sort of jumping on the end of the promotion bandwagon really so I got a bit of glory at the end <laughs> but uh, the lads that were there had done a fantastic job and Steve had took a lot of those lads from Southern League to the National League into League 2 and then up to League 1 and I think four or five of the players were mainstays in the team from Southern League and he was a local Cheltenham boy wasn't he Steve, Steve was yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, but when I arrived you could you could sense that buzz and you could sense that he was in charge and the lads would have gone through brick walls for him yeah. Um, because everything he promised them or everything he told them they could achieve, they had. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they really believed in him and he, he, was, he was superb, really. He did a really good job and I enjoyed playing for him. And it's, it's a shame, really, that I didn't get to play for him for longer. Yeah, I remember interviewing him when I was at Bristol City, actually. He said to me, he said, I said something about, was he, you know, were they going to be up for this weekend or would he take a draw away from home? And he stopped me. He said, I'll stop you there. He said, you don't know me well enough, but otherwise I'd walk away from this interview. I never, I never settle for a draw or never go out to get a draw. But, so it was quite intense, but he was, I can imagine he sort of, he would galvanise a team because he'd, he'd properly kind of believe in you. He was 100%, wasn't he? You get the sense of that when he'd stare at you and he was really committed. He was, and he let you know if he thought you were underperforming. And um, he, he, they'd probably a bit of, be a bit of a mood around the place for a few days. You know, if you, if it was a Saturday and there was no midweek game, yeah, it might be sort of Thursday before you get half a smile out of him or <laughs> or even a chat out of him, really. But uh, I think he he always knew, you know, he just seemed to have it, you know, and and you know, good luck to him. I you know, he, he brought me to Cheltenham. I'll always thank him for that. And uh, hopefully, I did a good job for him. But 
certainly what he did for Cheltenham was magnificent and yeah. uh, good luck to him. I hope he I hope he gets back in and, and does a good job for someone else. When you go back to the start of your football career, obviously you grew, I think you're born in Wakefield. Is that where you grew up as as well? But it ended up Nottingham Forest the opportunity in football to be a, a youth player. How did that all come about when you were when you were sort of making your way in football? Yeah. So yeah, I was born in Wakefield, but lived on the outskirts of Leeds, but close to Castleford. So okay. I went to school in Castleford, which was rugby league territory. Didn't fancy uh, rugby league. I, I sort of played a bit at school, but uh, and I, you know I was okay because I think you, if you're a sportsman, yeah. you can kind of grasp most sports. A lot of footballers tend Throw to and catch and yeah, you yeah. Can, golf, tennis. You know, you can you, you can you can tend to be at least half decent at most sports if you're if you're quite athletic and uh, so. You know, I used to play a bit of rugby and in the first couple of years it was quite nice and then <laughs> when everyone started getting above <laughs> yeah. six foot I thought nah, <laughs> I could just stick me out on the wing and just leave yeah, yeah. let the forwards run it in. But so I was kind of a little bit like round here, I suppose, in a in a bit of a rugby area because I was close to Wakefield, close to Castleford, but then obviously Leeds United and yeah. it's still a big footballing area as well. But the school I went to was focused on rugby. Um, and a lot of my um, sort of school friends went to professional you know, rugby. Clubs. I almost feel like when, you, when it, northern friends of mine from, went to Manchester, uh, well, one of my mates from, from Manchester, I went to Loughborough Uni, but when I went to his stag, all his mates were huge cricket fans, huge football fans, huge rugby league. It almost seemed up north there's more variety in sports. Do you think people have more sports fans, more sports that they support? Maybe football's so, so dominant in the south of England, perhaps it's less so up there that there's, there is variety to people. Uh, I'm not sure really, because no. I think when you come down here, the. the um, You've still got the cricket, you've yeah. still got the rugby, you've still yeah. got the football, you've got the racing. Probably just people that you bit meet. Yeah, yeah maybe. I think, yeah, yeah, I think up there it's everything feels a little bit more, I think the rugby league just feels a bit more working class and yeah. uh, if, if that's the sort of environment that you're in then, you know, I think people do sort of lean towards those kind of sports, football, yeah. rugby. They're small um, towns as well, aren't they? Yeah, the especially towns. around yeah. Manchester and Widnes and Wigan and all those places, you know, it's, the rugby league's huge up there. Yeah. Uh, and it's something that I really enjoy to watch, you know, on telly, you know, the playoff final at Old Trafford's it's pretty relentless. brilliant, I think. It's a great sport and that the, the rugby has gone from sort of quite sort of amateurist to really professional, hasn't it, in the yeah. last sort of 20 years and they're, they're beasts, aren't they, the, they are the players bit, yeah. when you look at them. Yeah, it's interesting the dynamic between rugby union and rugby league because it used to be the union players went to play rugby league, didn't they? That's we it, were, yeah, we kids, they kind yeah. of switch now, don't they? Yeah. It, yeah, it's really popular for both because the money's good in both now, I think, as well, but... I don't think it'll ever catch up with football, which nah. is just crazy, isn't it? But, so, so football yeah, so for me, um, yeah, my dad used to play locally. He was, you know, everybody tells me he was a decent local player, and my uncle played for the district and all that kind of thing. So I was always out in the garden with my yeah. dad, and then went and played for my local village team, Kippix Welfare, um, Green and White Stripes, um, and <laughs> the Celtic kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah and there was no, there was no under, sort of. Everyone started at under 11s back then. Yeah. That was the kind of first time you could play. And I think I went up at nine years old. So I was a couple of years too young for that at the time and tiny. And um, <laughs> What do you make of that? Because now that people talk about kids sort of making it seven or eight and getting into academy system. And if you miss out, you miss out. And you don't get the same training. Because people are late developers, aren't they? They come yeah, across things I, a bit later I, sometimes. I think, it's, um, I think it's great that they get all that contact and they get all this technical coaching and everything else. But I sometimes feel like kids and families feel that like you know they're seven eight years old when they should be enjoying it yeah. and, and they feel that pressure that they've got to be better than the other kids and it's a real and pressure they, for the kids and, you don't and they make stop it enjoying it maybe sometimes yeah. almost and I really like the system when I was involved in it because I grew up with that system and really enjoyed it and flourished and yeah and everything else and but technically 
the players now coming through should be much better footballers because they're getting much more coaching from more qualified yeah. people. Um, but I think sometimes it might they're almost becoming robots in not a way. As joyful, like, not as joyful, yeah, maybe. As like it was, you know, it? you don't get you don't seem to get your gas coins anymore, yeah. do you? And players like that. But um, I suppose it's not. It's a, it's a difficult thing as well because younger days you would have got you know been a sort of academy part time or whatever, but you wouldn't have maybe felt part of that culture. So when you became a footballer, it had that sort of buzz and that spark. Yeah, that and, was a, and you couldn't sign for a pro club until you were fourteen in those days. Yeah, that's right. So, um, so I was playing for my di- village. And then your school would send you to district trials, which in Leeds is a big thing at the moment because they're trying to sell the, the old ground that we all used to play on and people are campaigning to keep yeah. it. And it would have been, you know, your Paul Reenies and Maidleys and people like that who'd grown up on yeah. those pitches and then we came after. And um, it's really sad to see it all overgrown now and, and go into pot. But um, Leeds City Boys was the thing. If you were, you were a kid growing up in Leeds, if you represented Leeds City Boys... Mm. You know, you'd play Liverpool boys, Sheffield boys, Doncaster boys, Rotherham boys, Manchester. <laughs> you know, you'd go down to London on tours and yeah. it was amazing. Like, you know, you, but every time, by the time you got to 12, 13, clubs were starting to have a little, scouts were around. Yeah. You'd go on trial and I went to, I was lucky enough to go to Man United when I was 12, 13. What, what was that like then? Did you that, see any of the I went, Ferguson or anyone like that? I went a couple of times. Jeff Ferguson, funnily enough, said, I had to take him a cup of tea the, the first time I went, really? me and another lad. Because he, he was, I mean... We were 12 years old. You, so you're, you're on a trial and you had to take him Yeah, a we, we were 12 years old and Alex Ferguson was stood on the side of the pitch watching all the games. That's how <laughs> committed he was to yeah. to Man United, you know, and, and the and the youth and everything else. And, you know, even now, if you go to a League Two game, you don't always, League Two youth team game, you don't always get the managers or the no. senior staff watching, but Ferguson was there. Yeah. So it shows how. You get the sense that he was just ingrained he was. in every yeah. part of the club. Um, which was amazing and for us to see that as kids how inspiring is that when you see the first team manager yeah. on the side of the pitch anyway I think it was Les Kershaw a guy who was a, a scout there so this has been he, late 80s would it or when would I let me think if I was 12, 13 it would have been mid mid 80s yeah probably so this has been a time when he was under pressure as well a little bit yeah, when he probably. first came in there yeah. and he didn't win anything yeah. so it's, it's amazing that he was still yeah. you know, committed to the whole, Absolutely. The whole club but the, and obviously the year older than me, you had your Gary Neville, David Beckham, Chris Casper. Um, you <laughs> Did know, you see those guys around, before. did you? Gary Neville was there. I remember yeah. him and Chris Casper. Don't think Beckham or Scholes or any of them were around. Maybe, they might have been, yeah. but they wouldn't have been anybody as such no. at the time. Um, Imagine Gary Neville would have been quite vocal even at that age. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. yeah. But I, I think he's great. I mean, it, I didn't, when he was a Man United player, because I'm not a Man United fan, I didn't really like him. I no. appreciated he was a good player, yeah. and I probably appreciated. But you're a Leeds fan. If he was in your changing yeah. room, you'd 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 appreciate him and you'd like him and you'd want to be with him. But I think it's, it's like any no nobody liked Gary Neville. <laughs> <did they? laughs> no. uh, well, I'm, I'm a Man United, United fan. So yeah, but I know what you mean. Yeah, I think kid. he probably knows that as well, doesn't I he? I think really? we, uni, uni when I play football, we call him busy. Would be yeah, the same, you'd absolutely. call him very busy, wouldn't yeah. you? So. And, and I think people. He would have probably liked not to be liked, wouldn't he, yeah. when he was a player? And, but now, I think, as a pundit and everything else, I think he's brilliant. Really, yeah, he's made really a transition, hasn't he, into that. Oh, and Salford City fantastic. and business. And yeah. He's done a, yeah, he's had a fair plan of where he goes with his, his career, yeah. definitely. But, but, you know, I went on to trials. I went to Watford. I went to Chef Wednesday. I went to Forest. I went to Leeds. Um, and, you know, a few in Bradford. And a few of those clubs are sort of trying to get you to sign. What, what was the psychology of the kid? Did you just go and enjoy it? Or did you feel nervous before you went? Did you feel like you, it was a big pressure moment or did you um, feel like you had other stuff in your life I that football was just a sideline to see if it see if it came through maybe I, I really wanted to be a footballer from, yeah. from early early on and as soon as you're in that environment Leeds City boys you've got scouts watching you're getting invited to these clubs you start thinking well 
it might be a reality. Yes. Uh, there's a there's a possibility, obviously. Um, but you know, you feel a bit of pressure when you go to these places. But it's also, you know, you'd get invited up to Sheffield for four days over yeah. Easter or something, and you'd be all around the other lads <laughs> staying in university halls and. You know, when you're 13, laugh, 14, yeah. yeah, brilliant, great crack, and you'd be meeting all these lads. And I suppose you have to enjoy it. It's difficult, you have to do your best, but you have to enjoy it because then you, you, well, you're playing midfield then, were you as well? So yeah, you, you had to relax much, and be, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. be able to play but as well. But the thing is, you'd be, it's crazy really when you look back because you, you, know, you didn't prepare properly because you'd be in the university away from your parents for the first time ever yeah. at 13, 14, and you'd be up till two o'clock eating, in the morning, starting about, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah, eating crap, and, and then you'd have to get up and play the next <laughs> day and stuff. But, you know, it was just good fun. and um, I don't know whether the kids get that so much now. And, no. Um, but yeah, and then at, at sort of 14, Leeds were banging on the door. But my dad had had the experience of my uncle, Paul, who was in Terry Connors' year group in Leeds City Boys. Okay, yeah. And um, my uncle had been signed for Leeds at 14. And my dad had sort of, he was quite a lot younger than my dad, 13, 14 years younger than my dad. So he saw the whole, mm. the way it transpired with Paul. And he just felt that Leeds mopped up all the local kids yeah just in case and then spat them out as soon as it yeah. comes to school holidays they'd, they'd look after all these local kids play every week play every week and then as soon as it was school holidays the kids from london the kids from newcastle the kids uh, okay. from ireland and then it'd be like you know you lot don't really matter anymore uh, weird. And, it, and my dad felt that you know that lead he'd seen that we lead yeah um and he just said look he always said to me i don't see why you should sign if someone asks you to sign schoolboy forms I don't see why you would. I don't see why you'd bother. Really? Yeah, and I, and I'd, why why is that? And he'd say, well, what do, you, what what are the lads that are signing getting that you can't get? And I said, well, they get at Leeds. They get two tickets every week for the game, um, and they play and they play on a Saturday or Sunday for Leeds. Yeah. And he goes, well, you're playing for them. All oh, right, so you can still play for you them without still, yeah, doing the forms. Yeah. Now I think it's changed. Now I think. Oh, okay. I think you can get like an eight week trial or a six week trial, and if they want you to sign after that. You've got to sign to carry on. Yeah. But if you say no, you can't carry on playing for them. I think that's the rule. Okay. But in those days, if they wanted you to sign, they'd still let you play. Yeah, so it's quite a, it's quite good to think outside the My box. Dad was like that, pretty isn't good, it? really. I mean, when I look back, he was really smart in, yeah. in a lot of ways. And because he used to say, "Look, you're playing for Leeds every Sunday," and he'd go, "Look, do you want tickets to go and watch Leeds on Saturday?" And I'd go, "Well, yeah." And he'd go, "Well, I'll ring them." <laughs> and he'd ring them, and then I'd get tickets as well. So they would get. It's good though because when any job like that, when being a footballer, you feel that pressure sometimes for your parents as well. Like, take anything you got, you know, sign yeah. anything, get, and I think jump, a lot of jump them, at it. Yeah. Luckily, my dad had had that experience with my uncle yeah. and sort of when actually you can have everything they've got Keep without tying yourself down. Yeah. And um, and then he said, look, he said, what if Liverpool ring you next week? Yeah. What are you going to do? Oh, I've signed for Leeds. I can't come. <laughs> so he said, you know, have a look around. Go on. and and I, you know, I went to Watford and all these various places and and then I eventually and. I remember Leeds ringing and they were knocking on. They were knocking quite a lot, you know, ringing my dad quite it's a lot, good. saying, "Look, we want, we want yeah. him to sign." Which is what, flattering. Why yeah. won't he sign? Why won't he sign? What's the... and my dad was saying? Well, uh, unless you put an offer on the table for after school, he he didn't need to sign. Yeah, and this is quite a good time for Leeds. They're bubbling up under Howard Wilkinson with it. That's obviously not the, quite the there. Problem, the problem. Another problem at Leeds at the time was uh, one of my old schoolmates, a couple of years older, Richard Epworth, was signed for Leeds, and but. There was no way through at Leeds because the reserve team was bogged, bogged down with old pros of Bobby Davison, Ian Baird, Ian mm. Riverardi, yeah. uh, John McClure. All these guys were like playing in the reserves and none of the kids were getting a... Uh, okay. None of the kids were coming through at all, ever. Yeah. And if, if a first team player got injured, one of those guys stepped in and it was like, 
there didn't seem to be any youth. Was, the, was David Batty there? Was he around? Yeah, he'd, he'd come through to be yeah. fair. Um, but a, there wasn't a lot of kids yeah. getting played. You know, they weren't yeah. getting into the reserve teams. They were getting youth team, then getting released. And then Nottingham Forest were doing the exact opposite. You know, really? they were all coming through. All the kids were getting into the reserves, into the first team. And then, funnily enough, I went to Forest at 15 and they put a two or three year deal on the table after school. Yeah. So my dad went, look, it's your decision now. So, some... so you travelled down from Leeds after school to go to Forest? Yeah, we'd, we'd go down on weekends and play there. One of my other mates had signed for them. Um, and I went down there, played about four games for them and they said, the scout rang up my dad and he said, look, you and your wife come down with John next weekend. He said, they've got an offer that'll blow your brains out kind of thing. <laughs> so my dad was like, oh, okay. So we went in and they said, look, we want him to sign for schoolboy forms, but there's two or three years on the table after school. Really? Like a pro contract, everything. So when you're 18, that'd be? That, well, we signed pro at 17 at oh, Forest. Okay, so yeah. we, had, we, we did a year non-contract and then yeah. signed pro forms at 17. So I, had, I ended up doing three or four years pro, I think, in the end. I was nearly 22 when I left, but um, my dad went, look. But that, was, but that was essentially four or five years security or, or kind of a plan for you to Yeah, to it was to. a job after school yeah. and an opportunity, whereas at Leeds that opportunity wasn't guaranteed. You'd be waiting to the very end to see yeah, whether you yeah. were going to make it. Yeah. Are, you, are they going to take you? Aren't they going to take you? And my dad said, look, if you want that, that'll do for me. You, <laughs> you know, I'm happy now that you've got something. And I enjoyed it and I felt wanted down there. Um, and it was a good club. They were top, you know, cup finals. Yeah. They were top. In fact... They were winning League Cups on the club. The week, after I went to the, the week after I signed, I went to the... FA Cup final with them. 91 FA Cup final. Yeah, with wow, Gaza. Yeah. So they took me down the week. That was the week after I signed. And the funny story They're was... They're close to... Because Tottenham only won 2-1, didn't they, in the end? Of it? it was yeah. quite close. Yeah. Apart and, from Gaza wiping out Gary Charles. Yeah, and, and big Mark Crossley saved Lineker's yeah. penalty, didn't he? Yeah. But uh, great start. Start, Pierce's free kick. Unbelievable. Yeah. But uh, so I was joining a club that were in the FA Cup final. They were finishing top three or four every year. Um, you know, renowned for playing nice... Attractive football, bringing the youngsters. Which the European through. Cup winners not long that long before. Yeah, then, 10, absolutely. 10, 12 years or so, so my yeah. dad obviously. Wow, this is you know big, big, big thing. Um, but the funny story was when I signed, they took another lad in a year above me, who would have just been. He was literally signing to start an apprenticeship in yeah. a few weeks, but I had a year schoolboy left. And uh, this lad, Mark Riches, his name was from from the northeast, and it's <laughs> funny thought. So we we both sat there and they said, right, you both signed, fantastic, really, really pleased. Um, as a reward, we'd like to take you both down to the FA Cup final next week wow. um, as our guests. Yeah. Um, so I was like looking at my dad thinking, wow, I've never been to an FA Cup final. Yeah. This is amazing. Like, wow, brilliant. Yeah, because even then, people who are younger who are listening to this, the FA Cup was almost the thing. Oh, was it was almost bigger than the, yeah. winning, yeah, winning the title. If someone would have said to me when I was a kid, you'll, you'll win the FA Cup final, <laughs> you know, you, that would have been the dream, wouldn't yeah. it? Um, but the, the other lad, Mark Richards, he, I, I'm jumping like excited, going, yeah, brilliant. And then, this Mark Richards looked at his dad and he's gone, I can't go. And he sat there with all the forest yeah, sort of staff yeah. and he's gone, I can't go. And his dad's gone, what do you mean you can't go? And he went, I'm going to an MC Hammer concert. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. Brilliant. I swear to God. And everyone's, Hammer time. Me and my old man were all the way home. We were roaring like, what's he doing? Brilliant. You, you know, you know, you've got to show a little bit of commitment. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. Anyway, he didn't last that's long, a, funnily enough. Oh, interesting, yeah. Maybe he's a, maybe he's a dancer or a rap, <laughs> yeah. rap artist or something yeah. now. That's amazing. So what was it like at, at Forest End? You mixed with, you've obviously, you'd, incredible really, because you've seen Ferguson, you saw Brian Clough, mm. did you, around, what was he like around Yeah, he was, obviously it was my first year full time, was his um, his last year, so the, yeah. it was the first year of the Premier League, so there was loads of hype, and Forest just 
just sadly got got relegated that year. And, Which seemed um, a bit of a shock at the time, didn't it? Didn't, yeah, really it was always it they were the first, almost the first team that were too good to go down. Yeah, yeah. Or the club that were too good to go down. Yeah, and obviously with Cluffy at the helm as well, no one expected it. And yeah, it's sad really. Um, Parallels with Leeds, actually, the team that you supported. Yeah, most, and, and, but that and kind the, of the funny thing was, it, it, it went, it switched completely because Forest started, Forest reserves ended up bogged with. Older pros really? and Leeds started firing all the, <laughs> a lot of the kids that I went to was was at Leeds with you know in my year group or year above like Mark Ford, uh, Noel Whelan yeah, um, and then obviously they had Jamie Forrester, Kev Sharp, all those guys, yeah, all, Mark Tinkler, they all broke through. Oh wow! So and we were all sort of trying yeah, to get yeah. in the, so it was crazy how it all worked out because Paul Hart went into Leeds and he got he got loads of kids yeah. through with uh, Wilkinson and. And then, uh, and they then, won the title. And then even later it? on, with yeah. um, later on with O'Leary, they were firing them in Kewell and all those boys, yeah. and loads of them coming Lee through. Bo- yeah, Lee Bowie yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, but um, yeah, and you know, Cluffy was around. Quite um, hard to be around that atmosphere, actually, I suppose, because it has that the heady times under Clough, and obviously he he was sort of I think suffering health wise at that point, wasn't he? And I suppose was that a difficult atmosphere as a kid to be in a sort of sense of the faded glory around the, the club, maybe, and at times of. It was sort of it was going downhill rather than uphill. Yeah, it was just a tough season, I think. But it was my first season, so I didn't. Yeah. I, I knew obviously the club had been really successful in the past, but it was my first real experience of being in a football club, and you're just learning about the environment well, that you're in, and you're, you're looking at the older pros and working out who's you know who's doing it right, who's not. Stuart Pearce was obviously the, the main man there, was he at the time? Yeah. Well, the, when you look back, really, when when I signed as a schoolboy, they had sort of Des Walker. Stuart Pearce, Gary Charles, Mark Crossley, yeah, Steve Chettle, Neil Webb had sort of left and come back. Um, went to Nigel Man, Clough, Man, went to Man United. Yeah, Nigel yeah. Clough, Roy yeah. Keane, um, big, you know, some big players, and you, you are a bit in awe of them when you go in at sixteen because, yeah. and that's probably I think I, I do look back and I think I gave them too much respect, you know, because <laughs> I'd grown up watching them on TV. Because well, well, Clough went to Liverpool, didn't he? And Keane went to Man United, and when when yeah. that happened, did that free up? The midfield area. Did you start to think that maybe you could get a look Not in there? Not at that no. age. I no. mean, I was, I was, I was only a year in then, seventeen. Yeah. So even though you're a first year pro at seventeen, you're still an apprentice. So you're playing for the youth team. Um, but even you know, then we signed the, you know, we had Scott Gemmell. Oh yeah. And then the, later on, I can't remember exactly when it was, but the, like you know, Bart Williams came in. We had Lars Bohinen. How good was Bart Williams skill wise when you saw him on the training ground? He was good, he was a good player, Bart. Yeah, he was he was very good, and he was he was still quite young himself. Yeah. you know, he he broke in at Orient young, and he, he was very good. You know, technically on the ball, really good footballer. But the one for me that stood out in in central midfield was Bohinen, who was completely Lars Bohinen, yeah. key, completely different kind of player to me. But quite attacking. I, I hate to I hate to say this, but there was a couple of training sessions where I was in and around Lars and he he was probably the one person that made me think I've got a job on here gonna, if, if yeah. I want to play at the top level you know I'm never going to I'm never going to don't matter if I train all day every day <laughs> I'm never going to be as good as that Cause is, is it he, what physical or just technical or just oh, no, something you had like just te- te- natural, football, natural ability natural football I mean it probably people say natural don't they but it's practice as well yeah. but sometimes you've got to have that you've some people can dribble, can't they? Yeah. Some people can tackle. He could do a bit of everything, could he? I mean, he wasn't a tackler, Lars. No. But technically, he was different class. I mean, he, he, you know, some of the stuff he could <laughs> do and you'd be like, well, yeah. where's he going? What's he doing? You know, and I think 
technically, I don't know whether anyone could argue with that. He was at Forest at the time. He was, he was a genius. Did you, were you there when Stan Collymore was? Stan came, yeah, first year down. Because he was pretty frightening in terms of shooting ability and athletic, athletic ability. He was unplayable. He, I mean, it, he nearly went to Man United, didn't he? Yeah. I think when Andy Cole went. And uh, I remember him coming in and sitting in the physio room one day when I would have probably been 19 by then, I expect. Yeah. And he was gutted. Genuinely, really, absolutely gutted because he thought he was going to Man United, wow. and it never happened for him. Uh, but there was two years at Forest. Sliding doors out for everything, isn't it? You think about Andy yeah. Cole winning the treble at Man United. Absolutely, it could have been him. Yeah, <laughs> and I think maybe Ferguson would have been good for him because he was off the rails a little bit yeah. at times. And I think Fergie tends to nip that in the bud, doesn't he? It's a shame people. that Brian Clough had probably left at that point. Yeah, I think I suppose, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, in terms of his playing ability, playing excuse me, playing ability, and and you know. He was fantastic, Stan. He was an unbelievable player. So what was the, the, the when you had that realisation maybe that, you know, I'm not going to make it potentially at Premier League level, just being honest with yourself, you see people like Lars Bohina and think you need that level of talent. Was it something that you didn't knock your sideways or did you just reframe and think, well, actually, maybe I, I adjust and either I try and double down and, and get there or I, you know, maybe play lower level, which you ended up going on loan to Lincoln, didn't you? Yeah. Is that, were you able to, because a lot, some people, some young players just disappear, don't they, from the game? They do, yeah. I mean, I, I think you get to, I think there's a point in time where you go, all right, it's, it's maybe it's not going to happen for me here. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I sometimes do think that, look, if I'd have had different coaches or different managers, I might have got a little chance if someone was a bit more willing to yeah. give youth a, a try. And I'm not saying I would have got in and stayed in and, and played at that level forever, but you, you, you do look back and the game wasn't... It's very as, subjective, isn't it? I mean, yeah, whether, the, whether you're good enough or not, yeah. it's, just, it's just one or two people's call, really. That's it. And, the, and the, game, the game wasn't as quick as it is now in those days. So, yeah. you know, I was, never, I was never rapid, but I was sharp over 10 yards to get a tackle in or win the ball or break it up. or um, And, you, you know, championship level, you know, you play against lads in reserve team football or... Yeah. Or other football, or you play against them later on in lower league, and you think he's not better than me. <laughs> but you know that's that's you. Yeah. You've got to have that little bit of arrogance, I no, think, no, you when, you, to, when yeah. you're a player, because if you don't, you get eaten alive. I think. And, yeah. And that, and I think looking back, at, it took me too long for the penny to drop to not really give give a damn about anybody else. I've got to do yeah. what I need to do, and I was a bit nice. So There's a psych- psychology of it, and just focus. Yeah, you know, I think being able look, to block out other people. I looked up to these people too much, you know, that yeah. were in the first team squad and. You know, maybe that's just my personality. I respected them, and maybe respected them too much. But I, but you sort of grow up respecting your elders, don't you? And then yeah. when you go into that environment, you almost have to you've just be, be equal. a bit brash and yeah, yeah. Or you've got to try and you know you've got to walk all over them, really, haven't you? But yeah. you know, on a pitch, I'm a competitive player. You know, if I got on a pitch, I, I won't care about pers- you know yeah. reputations or you know anything like that. If I was playing against someone on a on a football pitch for ninety minutes, I'd, I'm gonna. Yeah, even more of a challenge actually. If you see a big name, you want to you want to be better than them. So, did you think you were better on the pitch, playing or in training? Because there's always that discussion. Yeah, some probably. people, some people are really good in training, but don't don't replicate I, it psychologically I, on the the match day. Yeah, I, I think I was a good trainer. And, you know, I, I was a good trainer. I was hard working. So consistent player. either I'm way. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a flash Harry. I'm not going to be doing stepovers. I'm not going to be, yeah. you know, doing drag backs and cross <laughs> turns. And you know, I was a box to box midfielder that I'd put my foot in. I was a good team player, you know. I always got picked. Whatever man, you know. Once I got playing first team football, yeah, every manager I played for picked me. So I think that was a, you know, peop- I was a team player. It's a good presence, so you had a good attitude. And yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't going to get nine out of ten every week. Yeah, but um, I think pe- my teammates appreciated me, and, and my, my managers appreciated me at the level that I played at, which is which is great. And I, th- I think like you said, there's a time when you just 
you go, right, I might not make it here. I just want to be a footballer. Yeah. And I'm going to do whatever I can. And to, some to kids, do it. some kids don't. They go back to university That's or, it, or yeah. change change and, direction. And um, my first opportunity to go out on loan was Doncaster, um, which I turned down. Funnily enough, even though I wasn't getting anywhere fast at Forest, um, but Forest kept giving me contracts. You know, I think. Yeah. Um, Frank Clark gave me contracts. Stuart Pierce gave me a contract when he was caretaker. Did they say anything to you about like advice on how to how to make the breakthrough? Uh, the only person who did was Dave Bassett, really. Um, it was sat with recently at the Checker Trade Trophy. <laughs> Probably didn't want, to, didn't want to use a central midfielder, did he? You just you just yeah, like, long ball. I liked him. I liked yeah, him. Yeah. And uh, and to be fair, he was always honest with me, and um, and he liked me. But he just I was I was always small. Yeah. I was always slight, and in those days, Forest always seemed to be either in a promotion chase, push yeah. in the Championship, or a relegation battle in the in the Premier League. It's absolutely and it, physical, and it's. I think at those times managers are always reluctant to try something. They want to play percentages, don't they? I think yeah, they go for the people who've been yeah. there and done it, and they can trust. And you know, sometimes it's not always the perfect opportunity to put a kid yeah. in. Yeah. Um, and but Harry Bassett gave me a contract, and he said, "Look, you're actually you're not ready yet, but you've got something that none of none of our other midfield players have got. You're different to them, yeah. and that's why we keep giving you these deals because." Eventually, we hope that you maybe can get in there. Yeah. We're promising, but and then it came to a time I was I was nearly twenty two. Yeah, Doncaster came in. They were bottom of the league by about fifteen points. They were going out. Of the Which league. is weird. The sort of sense of time of football, isn't it? Because as, as twenty two as a normal bloke, you'd be feeling very young. But as a footballer, almost there's that. Yeah, you're, got, on, you're on fast forward, aren't you? Yeah, as your career? and I think I had another year left on my contract. Doncaster came in the year before, I think, and Dave Bassett came up and said, "Look, Donny, want you to go on loan? Do you fancy it? Get you some first team games." Yeah, and I said. I had a look at the league table. There were 15 points adrift at the bottom of League Two, and I thought that's the kind of club that you could go to that could ruin you. Ruin you because, really? Well, I, I just felt if I go there, get injured or something, and and play four or five games and don't really stand out. Yeah. Get relegated out of the football league, and Doncaster come back to Forest and say he didn't do much. Yeah. He didn't. You know, he didn't do yeah, much yeah. for us. It's all the environment. It's, it's, and I think, well, then they're going to say, well, if you can't do it there, yeah, ain't, ain't going to be able to do it here. That's a hugely different. Equation isn't than yeah. playing with Forest in the Premier League, but I think I was lucky that I suited the the going into lower leagues more than a lot of lads at Premier League because yeah. I, I I mixed it. You know, I, I was, that I got was hard, a second ball. Is that got harder now? Because people say that even lower leagues are trying to play out from the back and stuff. But it seems that back then that it was almost more of a golf that, that the Premier League from the from the lower leagues in terms of it was it was very agricultural lower down sometimes. And the strange thing I find with the, the lads that come on loan now to Cheltenham from. We had a good example last last season was Joe Roden, who's mm. at uh, Swansea now. Yeah. And he's playing regular championship football for Swansea, who they've probably still got Premier League aspirations, I'm sure. But he came to Cheltenham. And the thing is that these kids now who grow up in Premiership academies, the centre-halves, they're not, really they're not heading a ball all no. day. No. You know, they, they've, they've got the yeah. ball down, they're making interceptions, reading things. I spoke on this podcast to a guy called nice. Adjabola Release from West Ham. He played at England under 17. So he was saying they don't, they're not really worried about you defending that much. No. It's quite interesting. It's, it's about getting on the ball, yeah. you know, making good angles. And um, and then, and then you know, your Joe Rodens of this world or your, your other guys at Premier League clubs drop down to League Two and they've got to deal with Akin Fenwa or, yeah. you know, these type of players, John Akindi. Yeah. And... They don't know what to do. Not, they can't don't have to deal with aggression, really. They, isn't they've it? never yeah. had to deal with it because yeah. Premier League academies, under twenty threes, even their first teams, it's different. It's completely different. A lot more respect for the other opponent. You give the opponent more yeah. time, and in a, in a sense, and 
I, I feel like the difference between Premier League and League Two now is almost like two different sports, like rugby league and rugby yeah. union almost. Well, the, way, the things that are given as free kicks in the Premier League always amazes me that you think, if you were playing on a Sunday, or you'd never see yeah, that given as a free no, kick. absolutely not. And it, Yeah, it's a really strange one now. I, I think it, you can get kids, can come to League Two. Joe couldn't get a regular place at Cheltenham. Yeah. And he must have gone back thinking, oh, crikey, maybe my... Maybe I'm not going to be what I want to be because he came with a big reputation of, I think the year before people were saying he's the next John oh, some, Stone. Someone's son recently has been at Cheltenham. Who is it? It's a former pro, I'm sure. I can't remember who he is. But oh, it was uh, Tommy Mooney's son. Tommy Mooney's son. And he's another another one who, he does really well at Villa's under 23 level. Yeah. Scores, scores a lot of goals for him. But he came in and, you know, but to- Tommy maybe said, just didn't have that aggression of his dad. Yeah, he's a different but, kind of player to his dad. But Tommy came into Sky Sports and he said that his son rang him the first game he played for Cheltenham and yeah. said, oh, what's your routine? And he said, what do you mean, what's my routine? He said, for a three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday, well, how would you do it? Right, it was his not- first three o'clock Saturday kickoff. <laughs> yeah. He said even things like that he wasn't yeah. used to at Villa, Villa Youth. I, th- I think, I mean, played against Tommy a few times. Played, He was at Wickham when we beat him in yeah. the playoffs and we were lucky to go through, to be honest. And Tommy, he broke his leg in the second second leg of that um, tie. Uh, Wadham Road. Nothing to do with you, uh, is it? No, 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 <laughs> it's no. Like it's... no, I think I, I think yeah. it was Craig Armstrong that was involved. In it. Oh, there right. was nothing in it. I think they'd played together in the past. But uh, I mean, Tommy, what what a good player he was, especially yeah. when he dropped down lower leagues, because he's the type of player that I was talking about. You know, could, could... how would Joe Roden deal with the Tommy yeah. Mooney? Yeah. But these days they don't need to so much because they're not as robust and they're not as tough and they're not. Yeah. Swinging elbows. And... I think almost it'd be a commodity in the Premier League for more. Obviously, you can't like, say you can't get away with too many loose tackles now, but no. maybe for slightly more aggressive players, might start to prosper again because it's, an, it's yeah. a novelty factor, isn't it? It's a you different. Don't see so many tackles. That's what I find. No. It, sometimes you can watch a League Two game now, and you, you, the first full-blooded crunching tackles like sixty minutes in, and you go in. <laughs> I'd have been disappointed if I'd not got one in myself in the first yeah. five minutes. Yeah. Never mind waiting for someone in your team to do one after 60. The ref's more sensitive um, at League Two level as well. I think it? so. Yeah. yeah. I think the game's changed again and there'd be a lot more sending offs. If they if a referee now watched a game yeah. even 15, 10, 15 years ago, there'd be more cautions, more sending offs. So what was um, it? Go back to, back to you and what was the decision? You then ended up going to Lincoln, did you, after turning down Yeah, Donny? turned down Donny um, and then I don't know how long later it was, Lincoln came in. What league were they in at the time? League two, but they were, I think they were seventh or... Yeah. They were, they were up near the top and they had a chance. I think they had a couple of games in hand as well. So would they have known you um, from scouts then, from reserve team football? Is that how well, they it was, apparently the story was John Beck ex-Cambridge yeah. and Preston and who had a, another one with a reputation for long ball <laughs> and mind games and all that kind of stuff warming up in the same half as the opposition yeah. filling the balls up with wall, you know changing rooms heating on full blast in the away team <laughs> and all sorts of different tricks he used to pull apparently and he was all lined up to sign me and then he he got sacked because he went off on a mid-season break without telling anybody apparently and he, got, he got sacked <laughs> what, with the players or on his own no just, on, just, just took a break <laughs> cleared off, I think. apparently that's, yeah. that was what I was heard at the time but um, anyway his assistant got the gig Shane Wesley ex-Wolverhampton Wanderers centre-half and um, Shane continued with the signing yeah and I, I was just recovering from a um, operation for compartment syndrome uh, which was like a it was almost a bit like shin splints where okay. my calves were just getting too big for for the space that was available, so they had to decompress. Too, too muscular, yeah. <laughs> it, well, I don't know about that, but they, they had to. It was almost like a decompression of the oh, okay, yeah. calf muscle, but yeah. it, it was affecting the shin and 
you know, the, the, it was going numb like down, down my shins and stuff. So, so flexing your ankles and feet. And so stuff, yeah, yeah, so I had to play a reserve game when I first, so it was amazing actually when you look back, they took an inch player really, Lincoln, which yeah. is crazy when you look back now. It sounds it like they, didn't, they weren't in danger or anything, didn't need to, but pushing yeah, for the playoffs were they? Pushing, pushing for the playoffs or, or even had a chance of automatic with a good, good yeah. finish to the season with the games in hand. So I played a reserve game and then I started, my league debut was at Macclesfield at Moss Rose on the, and they, they finished second that year, Macclesfield. Uh, and we lost 1-0 but there was a 22-man brawl <laughs> and the headlines don't, were all, don't get as many of those two. don't get as many of those now do you? welcome yeah. to League 2 yeah. you know with the headlines for me and it, I think the local guy at Lincoln had said it, Finnegan would be forgiven for taking the first train <laughs> back to Lincoln after that Yeah, uh, coming from the you know not in yeah, the surroundings yeah. that he'd been in and everything else but I, I kind of I loved it cause did it you? Was, yeah it was was a difference as well playing first team football is it for you? Buzz, you know? yeah the crowd you know there was three points matters doesn't it? yeah uh, and I was, you know, I was twenty, nearly twenty-two by then. Yeah. Uh, and I, I still had a year left at, on my contract at Forest. Wow. I'd signed another year. So were Lincoln paying your wages, or were Forest topping them up, or what was the situation? I, I wouldn't have been. I was probably on six hundred pound a week. Yeah. So I think Lincoln probably could cover that. Yeah. Um, I'm sure. And um, but that's interesting, isn't it? You were there. You were established professional in, in a sense. I know you weren't first team, but you were getting regular contracts, and you're on six hundred pounds a week. Because you hear stuff now with Premier League players who. Never get oh, a sniff of the first team run. They're on 10, thousands of pounds 20, a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's mad. The but did, gone mad. Does that help? Does that is that? Do you think that, in a way, kills the motivation for those players if they get it too too early? They're too I comfortable. Think there's two sides to it. I think as a player, I, I never begrudge a player on getting good money because I think if someone's yeah. going to offer you it, you're going to take it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I never, first of all, never begrudge them of it because. If clubs are crazy enough to pay crazy money, that's that's their lookout, and yeah. who wouldn't take it? Um, but I do wonder when these lads are on 10, 15, 18 grand a week before they've kicked a ball in the football league. Yeah, where's the hunger? Where's the desire to? And if you have to drop down again, what do you do when you when it changes? And, if, and yeah. if dropping down doesn't suit you, yeah, and that's when they that's when they end up with dropping out with depression because they drop out. They you know they've been on 10, 15, 20 grand a week. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they've got to go and retrain or. We said top pros. Go and be now. a builder or labour for yeah. someone, and they don't want to do it. They the can't do it. Top pros in League One are getting like fifteen hundred a week, maybe League Two, or maybe yeah. Oh, probably more than that in now, League yeah. Two, even yeah. Now you know, yeah. we're, you know, Cheltenham are we're probably bottom six in terms of budget. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I'm not going to tell you what what <laughs> people are earning, but we're probably bottom six in our league. But I'm sure there's probably people on. You know, you hear stories, and you don't always know whether they're true that certain clubs are paying lads three grand a week, and we we've, yeah. we've had lads that have left Cheltenham. And we've offered them record amounts of money for our club. Yeah, that have gone to other clubs, sideways stepped into our league, and they're doubling that. Wow! So it's difficult to compete, and there is a lot of good money around. But like I said, I don't begrudge the players getting it, but I do wonder some of these youngsters that yeah. they might have two or three years on that. Where do you go from there? Well, yeah, if you're on like yeah, five, ten grand at seventeen, even going down to League Two and getting three yeah. grand a week is going to seem like a you know, demotion. But when you when you're a young kid on four, five hundred quid a week, you you've got that hunger and desire to still want the flash car yeah. you know I want to get there because I can have all the trappings Yeah. whereas these guys they're probably waking up and going which car am I going to yeah. drive today they say extrinsic you know? motivation can kill intrinsic if it's all about the money yeah. it's just it kills your desire to actually to develop and improve But what, so you were at Lincoln on loan and then that became permanent did it at some point yeah well we we, uh, we clinched third place um, for promotion on the yeah. last day of the season Brighton at home um, so we got automatic promotion Funnily enough, that year, Forrest were relegated again from the Premier League. Oh, right. So you... Lincoln had been promoted to League One. Yeah. So they were only a league apart. Wow. Um, my dad said to me, 
you've had you've had some games now, football league games, go back to Forest, they might be more inclined to chuck you in now because yeah. they know that you can handle it. At the lower levels, yeah. And I was like I was like, Dad. Anyway, Lincoln pulled me in, the chairman. In fact we were we were celebrating around Lincoln with a promotion, open yeah. top bus. We went to the sort of equivalent of Pitville pump rooms up in Lincoln and the chairman just pulled me aside. He said, Look, would would you be would you consider coming full time? We we'd like to take you. Nice. Uh, and I said, yeah, definitely. And that's nice to be wanted like that, yeah. isn't it? To be approached like that. And I said, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely have a chat about it. I said, obviously, I've got a year left at Forest, so you'd have to discuss it with them. But I said, yeah, if they're happy to let me go or sell me, mm. that tells me that yeah, I, yeah. I would, I'd be interested in coming. Yeah. Because if they're prepared to let me go, then yeah, you would probably reach a point where you think either they yeah. have to sort of and I'm 22 put you in. now. Yeah, and I've and I've had that buzz. I've had that promotion with a full house at Lincoln. Yeah. You know. 10, 11,000. So what's a footballer right. thinking at 22 in the back of your mind? Are you thinking, I'm going to play to 32, I've got 10 years, 33? What's the, the process at that time? Because it's like the rest of us, it's just starting out your career, aren't you? As you've started out your second career and it's not, you don't have that kind of time pressure as, as keenly. No, I, I think I, you're one of them when you're a young, when you're a youngster in general, especially in football, I think you think it'll go on forever. Yeah. But um, you're always, you, I always played with that fear all the time that if I'm not performing... Yeah. I'm not going to stay in at this level and you know I might not get that long career. Sure. But when I, the day I signed for Forest, if someone would have said you're going to be a professional footballer till you're 34. Yeah. You know, I'd have snapped I'd have snapped yeah. their hand off at any level I think really. So uh I'm happy with what with how it went, you know, I could have made more money. I'm, I might have played at a higher level. Yeah. But I had a great time. You know, I had promotions, relegations. You know, I, I chat to some ex pros who've Played their whole career, you know, 12, 15 years, all in League Two. Yeah. Never got promoted, never got relegated, and they haven't had what the highs the and lows that what I What was the difference really. like between League One and League Two, standard wise? I think there was there was a difference. Um, but I always played for clubs that were probably punching. Yeah. You know, Cheltenham were always punching above the weight in League One. We, we didn't have the budget, we didn't have the players, Yeah. we didn't have the infrastructure that other clubs, you know, the, the first time we went up, who were we competing again? First time we got promoted with Lincoln was when. Fulham had that great team with Beardsley and Lee Clark and all oh, those guys. Yeah, Stoke, yeah. Stoke were in League One. Yeah. Millwall were in League One. Um, Man City were near. Man, we beat we, Man City yeah. at Sinsel Bank two oh, one. Wow. Yeah. Um, which is you know you look back that's a highlight and you know when you tell people now you played. It's against great thing about English football is there's so much yeah. flux you think about Absolutely. it seems to have been up and going down. So the, those sort of teams you know there's no way that yeah. Lincoln City you know especially in them days when Lincoln were cash strapped yeah are going to compete with those teams. Um, so we, I think we finished third or fourth from bottom and got relegated last last game of the season. So we, we gave it a go. Um, and then how did how did Cheltenham come about then? The move to Cheltenham. That was two thousand six. Alan Buckley was manager of Cheltenham, uh, Lincoln. Two thousand two was it or six? Two thousand two. Sorry. All right. Yeah. 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 Two thousand two. Alan Buckley's manager at Lincoln. Lincoln, so you were mid twenties right then, or how? Uh, Twenty six, yeah. yeah. But Lincoln are in absolute financial dire straits now because ITV Digital had collapsed. Yeah, and they'd relied upon a lot of the income from from that stream. So um, that's the highs and lows of football, isn't it? The income, money coming absolutely. in and up and down and changing. I think it, I think it affected a lot of clubs that yeah. the ITV Digital and Lincoln were paying some good money by then to probably probably tried, you know. Had a little go and, and it backfired a bit. Doesn't always work, does it? That's the no. problem with football: the money and you've got getting, to know you to, getting a team it. together. Yeah, and um, you know they immediately they put when they when there was talk of administration they put seven first team regulars, yeah, straight on the transfer list, and that wasn't because they didn't want you; they just needed to get someone off the wage bill. <laughs> I was club captain, you know, at the time, wow. and I went on there, 
So I was me, Tony Battersby, Lee Thorpe, and if you can't remember the other, but me and Thorpe had left within two weeks. We were, you know, we Thorpe went to Leighton Orient. I went to Alan Buckley rang me at home. I was living in Peterborough at the time. Yeah. And uh, he just said, look, uh, Cheltenham have rang. They want you to go. He said, he said, I'd love you to stay. You're my captain. I don't want you to go, but it's a chance for you to go there and get a promotion. Or he said, and I, I'd totally understand if you if you went. Yeah. So he said, do you want to speak to their manager? I said, well, look, I said, if the club are willing to let me go, Gaffer, I'll, I'll speak to them. Yeah. And... Um, I'd not long bought a house, you know, <laughs> an hour down the road and all that. And that's into the low league football. Cause that's it. Talk about Ben Smith and you knew him when he played at Hereford, but he, he talk, wrote in his book about that journeyman, about the sort of buying a house in Weymouth but then never living in it. <laughs> just yeah, start. I mean, you know, my my <coughs> my wife at the time lived, was from Peterborough, yeah. which was only sort of an hour south of Lincoln. So that's the reason we bought yeah. there. And uh, literally within a few months, the phone rang and I was off. So, um, yeah, I spoke to Steve Cottrell and uh, they said, we want to take over your contract till the end of the season. So you'll still be out of contract, freedom of yeah. contract in the summer, whatever happens. Um, do you want to come down? I said, yeah. I'll it's quite a lot of pressure to maybe impress Cheltenham in that short space of time as well, yeah. isn't it? And, it? and Lincoln were really struggling as a club and yeah. they were struggling down at the bottom of the league. And it just you just felt like it. But did you feel Cheltenham like you had to make, make an impact at Cheltenham to get the next deal or were you thinking, I'll see what yeah, happens? Yeah, I always felt like in, in League Two, you know, I'd, I'd had four years at Lincoln by then. Yeah, I felt like I'd established myself yeah, and I felt like I could play in the league above because I'd played in League One with Lincoln as well. And yeah, and you were arguably in your prime then, were you? Mid twenty six. Yeah, and I felt like I felt like at Lincoln I was always one of the top two or three players there, and uh, even when we went in League One, I, I coped in there no problem. That was my first full season in the football league, League One. Yeah, uh, and I was I coped with it. You know, it wasn't a problem for me, um, so I knew I could do that if, if I got the <laughs> opportunity. But uh, came to Cheltenham, got promoted. Uh, playoff final which was fantastic for the club Rushton and Diamonds what year was that it was 2002. Uh, 2002 yeah so straight away we promoted uh, and I think that was Cheltenham's third year in the football league yeah so Steve had you know got round the playoffs for two so you years felt, then you felt that momentum you could feel that yeah the club, club, yeah. club was on the up whereas Lincoln was going the other way you know yeah and um, it's like bubbles in a glass isn't it that kind yeah. of thing in the, the football the way teams go up and sort of it, yeah. plateau and then go back down yeah. and then like I say I, I can't remember who was in the league League won that year. I think Wigan, Wigan, one of the best teams in there. I think Wigan were the best team yeah. in there that year with DeVos and Bullard and yeah. um, oh, well, Nathan yeah. Ellington and yeah. um, Roberts. You know, is it was it Roberts up front? Ex West Brom, Jason Roberts. Jason Roberts, yeah. yeah. So all those guys, they had a yeah. great team. Um, they had one the ex winger from Liverpool. Can't well, it was a physical Mark specimen Kennedy. to play at that level, wasn't it? Actually, to be yeah. athletic wise. And we got a draw. At, we got a draw at the JJB. Actually, we got we got <laughs> played off the park for ninety minutes, and we somehow we kept them out. But um, and did you feel an affinity for this area? Like you might want to stay on at that time? Did you know that perhaps this would be? Yeah, funnily enough, I was talking about it the other day when I first came to Cheltenham. I, I left the family in Peterborough. I came and lived at one of the director's houses. He put me up in digs in Greet, up near Winchcombe. Oh, right. In a, in a lovely house. Cotswold gent, oh, yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> it had wings and all the house. Oh, it was right. crazy. I was getting the nine iron out in the back garden, really? smashing nice. balls down. You were in Tweed and yeah. Catherine. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, so Paddy Wood, John Wood, uh, was the guy that I lived with. He, him and his family looked after me. But he was a director who'd been, you know, been there for years, who'd yeah. seen the rise and really passionate about the club. And I'd sit and chat to him get to know a bit about the club and the feel of the club. So you're already getting a sense of getting business ideas about yeah, the, the club so. and things at that point. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got to admit, I was 
I was my dad always used to say, right, get to college, get to yeah. do this, do that, and I'd be like, ah, don't worry, yeah, I'll do it, yeah, no problem. Yeah. And I was a bit of one of those where I've dropped a little bit lucky here and there with contacts and people. But you were saying that you sort of noticed the players you were playing with with chat before we started recording that you, you could sense which which people had something about them to maybe transition into a career afterwards and maybe just that social, obviously a social guy that that was a foundation of, of making that transition for you, just meeting people and, and learning in a different That's way, I guess, it. off other people, like I, having I conversations. Think so. I think you, you do, you look like, you look around a changing room and you say, you know, some of the some of the older boys maybe or some of the more outgoing boys or yeah. just some lads just have a little bit about them and you think, it, whatever he goes into, he'll do okay. Yeah. And then some lads you look at and you go, Christ knows what he's going to do. <laughs> just to play football. He, he can barely speak, yeah. you know, <laughs> and it, it, he's good at football, but he's got no personality yeah. or he's got no, nothing about him to go out and, and, and find something for himself or everything's got to be done for Can't him. Can't do a trade or... You know, yeah. as, soon as, you, as soon as you're out of football, you know, no, you, you know you've got to look after yourself a little yeah. bit. You've got to find, go out. There are only so many cabs you can drive. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a strange one, really. But it worked. It, worked. it, it fit you almost at the very end of your career, and then you went to Kidderminster for a little bit. Yeah, that came about. Um, Martin Allen had come in at Cheltenham. It's experience. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Martin Allen yeah. experience. It certainly was. Yeah, was <laughs> for experience. all of us, the broadcasting yeah. and uh, yeah, uh, and football. I'm sure. Yeah, and pretty much everyone who's come yeah. across him's probably got a few stories to tell. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, we didn't say eye to eye. I didn't like the way he went about his business. Really, um, I didn't think he was right for the club. Yeah, um, but hey, when he got the job, you know, I was disappointed for Keith who yeah. got the sack. But when a new manager well, comes it in, it always goes back to Barnet eventually, doesn't he? Mike? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I mean, I, I must admit, my impression of him wasn't great before he came in. Yeah. Just just from seeing him in the media, I, you know, yeah. I didn't, I didn't sort of. He wasn't one of those guys that I looked at. And, he's got, he's got a stare about him. That yeah, kind of I, but but bit. but I did genuinely go look. I don't know the guy. Yeah. Let him come in. I might, I might love him. He might love yeah. me. I, I don't know. We'll see. And but yeah, he he wasn't for me. And my career was sort of coming to an end. I think I'd had, I'd had an injury. I was out for fourteen months with a mm. heel injury. Did you feel that um, at the time that it was coming to an end? Um, before the heel injury, I was yeah. playing the best football I'd ever really? played. I'd started scoring goals, which was you know, uh, you know. <laughs> Is that because you relax more as you get older? Maybe. Yeah. I think yeah. You, you sort of snap at things when you're younger, and you 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 know. But and then you get older, and you think, hey, hang on, a bit more time than you realize. Yeah. Um, and you become a better player almost, certainly up, up there, um, even if the legs are slowing down a little bit. But before the injury, I was fit as a fiddle. Um, I was getting up and down. I was, I was genuinely playing the best football at probably yeah. 31, 32, scoring goals from midfield. It's a fickle thing that makes you realise how, preci- how precious it is, doesn't it, now, how yeah. injury for a sports person, how and that, how and, can and, change. And I'm not the best. Put me on a training field, run me ragged, I'll, I'll do all the running. Yeah, I'll I'll run up and down hills. I'll I'll be at the front of the running. I'll train my socks off. Put me in a gym for the rehab. Wait, yeah, for weights or rehab or boring stuff. And I'm probably because it's I'm, social I'm a, when you're in a team, yeah, team environment, running yeah. up hills and stuff. But I'm a different. terrible. Yeah, go to the gym on your own and sit on a bike and get yeah. on a cross trainer. Go in the pool and I. It's quite I, a I'll admit it now. Quite a I, mindset, I don't though. mind admitting it. I was lazy. I didn't do it properly. Yeah. Um, and when I did come back. I don't know whether that was because of my rehab wasn't as good or I didn't look after myself as well, but I wasn't as fit or as sharp as I was before. And I think just just fourteen months out yeah. at, that, at that age, it's going to affect hard to get back. Yeah. Your Achilles and stuff to start to go your heels, don't yeah, they? When you're in your thirties, yeah. it's, it's a vulnerable spot. And, and, yeah. and I always had, and then I started having problems with my calves at Kidderminster. 
Yeah. Um, and I played about another twenty odd games at Kiddie, I think. So, how would you sort of would you say you enjoyed your football career as a whole? Because a lot of players, I think, at that level, sometimes feel that they they then lose out. But you've obviously made that transition into into business now. Mm. Would you change anything about it? Or? Nah, no, I don't think so. I think maybe when I look back, um, I might have not given the first team boys the respect that I did yeah. at Forest. You know, I might have been a little bit more bloody minded and make it but more you can try and me. use that now I suppose it's a lesson, yeah. yeah yeah it's a lesson and um, but but no I mean it, no regrets all the clubs I played for like I said Forest Lincoln Cheltenham Kiddy first four teams I looked for and I only played for Kiddy for a few but I still loved it up there I loved my time loved Cheltenham loved Lincoln but going back to Lincoln next month as a special guest or in, in April that's nice um, and Forest I went back uh, not so long back to watch a game and they looked after me and lovely yeah football's a great you know great community isn't it and uh, no no regrets at all loved it good stuff mate well just to end on this note quick shout about people in the local community who might listen to this or be aware of it come down to Cheltenham Town and be part of a big big end of the season push under Mickey Duff and then next season hopefully some some pipe work to, to increase the season ticket numbers as well you're keen to, keen to do that absolutely we, uh, we need more people down there supporting Michael and the boys um Michael Duff's come in, ex-player, had a fantastic career himself, Irish yeah. international, you know, came through at Cheltenham, did amazing things here, did even better at Burnley for, for another 10 or 12 yeah. years. Great career, and he's back, and he's doing a fantastic job. Um, it's and, easy, easy. You can walk there from the town or park or whatever you want to do. It's, oh, yeah, it's easy yeah. Access. We're right, you know, we're, we're right in the town centre, uh, walking distance, and, and people at Cheltenham, Really need to come down and support a football league club. That are, that are, <laughs> well, I went to El, I went to Glossico last year, so if you enjoy if you enjoy a bit of feistiness as well, that's uh, that's good against Forest Green. That's it. Yeah, there's some big games. There's some big games, and, and Forest Green obviously is, is one of them. Local yeah. derby. Um, we've got Swindon just 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 down the road, and then I know Oxford and Bristol Rovers are in League One at the moment. But if one of them drops yeah. down, or or we end up getting promoted, there's some big games. Well, uh, yeah, never know. Next season could be uh, could be the one. Hope so. Go up. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, Finn, appreciate your time, mate. It's been great to speak to you as well. Really kind of good you to, to do this when you probably should be selling corporate hospitality yeah. or tickets or something. Uh, it's all good publicity <laughs> for the club, hopefully. So, uh, so, yeah, that's great. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Yeah, spread this out, guys. Appreciate it. I'm on Twitter, Ed Draper81. And you are as well, social media, aren't you, Finners? Yeah, I am, yeah, yeah. Um... But I don't know. Is it Finners? At Finners? John Finnegan. Look for John Finnegan. Yeah, I think you'll look, find look, it. Yeah. Google Finners. It'll come up. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Hope you enjoyed it.